Hello and welcome to Dear Sadie. My name is Benny, and if your name is not Sadie or Amelia Prabhu, thank you for tuning in to see what this is all about. And if you are Amelia or Sadie, hi girls, welcome back. So if you skip the first episode, this podcast is a love letter to my daughter Sadie through a series of conversations with friends and family on different topics that are important to me, and some I hope that you will find interesting and worth listening to. At the time of recording this, Sadie is just over nine months old, and needless to say, I hope that this will be a gift she will appreciate in the coming years. All right, in the last episode, I spoke with my parents to give a glimpse of my background and inspiration. This episode, we're going to hear from the other set of grandparents. Renee and Ellen Boyle are two incredible people that I have the privilege of calling my family, and I would love for you all and my daughters to know more about. Here they are talking about how they met each other, raising their four kids, what they wish for Sadie, and much more. Stay tuned. Two thousand thirteen. Okay. It's been ten years. Why? <laughs> that seems it's flown by. I know, um, but in all of those ten years. There are things that we may not have talked about or discussed, so I'm excited for us to talk about that, and more importantly for Sadie and Amelia to hear that. So let's let's kind of uh, go even further back because I want her to know her grandparents, and I want to know as much as she can about her grandparents. So let's start with how did you two meet, and then we'll go from there. Oh, actually, we we went to the same high school um, and graduated. Well, Ty went to two years at Eastern Wayne High School in mm-hmm. Goldsboro, and uh, we we had similar friends but didn't know each other. And it wasn't until after we uh, got out of uh, high school and uh, we, I started going to Adamsville Baptist Church that that I that I saw Ellen. Where is this again? In Goldsboro, North Carolina. Okay. And uh, we just we used to hang out and as friends and go out to you know after church on Sunday night we used to go to Pizza Inn or pe- and have some pizza and stuff like that. It was a big group of friends that we all went together on Sunday nights. Yeah, is so, that like Pizza Hut? Yeah, like that. Yeah, like okay. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pizza. Yeah, pizza Inn. Pizza Inn is what it was called. Yes. <laughs> so back in the old days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. And also, there were our church had a softball team. And um, so groups of friends would go and watch the softball games. And uh, Rene was on the softball team, so I saw him play and just just knew him through pizza nights after church and softball. And, Do you know approximately which year? That would have been... What, Early 80s. Let me count back. 80s? Early 80s? 82. Yeah, about 82, 1982. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, I thought Renee was cute. First thing that attracted to me, him to me, was his cuteness, and he was he was just. Alive. Did you know that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yes, I did. He was very aware of that. Yeah. Um, he uh, he was also just he was fun and cheerful and outgoing and very positive, um, and just a nice person to be around, and also very fun. So I think that was probably what attracted me to him was just his happy personality. Yeah. And his cuteness. Yeah, and I I thought Ellen was very sweet. She was she was uh, she had a I met her through a girlfriend that she had, mm-hmm. Sheila, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's how because um, I knew Sheila from another from a, a a Seymour Johnson church that I was going to. Okay. And then Ellen was was Sheila's best girlfriend. Okay. And then how did you two decide to take things? further you know like getting married and all of that like how did that come about well we we were friends for a long time just just friends with a group of friends we weren't like um interested in you know dating or anything but then we just got to know each other better and i think that just gradually evolved into um you know wanting to date and get to know each other better and and we just fell in love <laughs> and um and it was a long dating time it was four years before we got married because we were in school we were in um college and so it took a while before we finished school got jobs and stable you know and able to get married and all that so yeah, it didn't start out like love at first sight or anything. We're just good friends. Right, not like obviously in the movies. Yeah. Um, now I know you joined the army. What was it? Nineteen. Nineteen eighty-eight. Nineteen eighty-eight. Yeah. So this was what a few years before Sarah was born. Right. Yeah, she was pregnant, yeah, with, she was pregnant with Sarah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So can she, you? She was born in eighty-nine. So how how was that? How hard was that? Like. Well, you for you, I think for both of you, really that time because, like for me, I think about, you know, when Amelia was born and like now Sadie, you know, sometimes in our own bubble we can say, oh, this is hard raising kids while changing jobs or buying a house. Now in your case, <laughs> it's way different because you're you're in the army, so you're leaving the country. And so you're you're raising these kids at this very young age, and you're away. How how was that for the both of you? Like, how did you handle that? Well, at the very beginning, I went to basic training, and then I went to jump school, mm-hmm. and then I got assigned to Fort Bragg, and uh, and that was a lot of people said, "Hey, look, you're changing your career." You just you've been married for a short period of time. Now you're having a, a child. You're moving to another city, and you and a lot of the uh, obstacles continued. But I just think it, I think it was just if I wouldn't have, if we as a couple wouldn't have gone in the military, I we would have been in trouble if we'd have stayed in Goldsboro. Hmm. It wasn't it wasn't a healthy place. It wasn't good for. 
it wasn't good for us. It also just doesn't have, didn't have really any opportunity for him mm. um, in his field of work. So it was it was good for us to be able to get away, even though it was it was a lot it was a lot of stress because um, just before I don't know it was just before he went in the army, he was with a men's group and they were talking about the major stresses of a man's life are a birth, a death, a move, and a job change, mm-hmm. which he had all four of those because his mom died. He decided to join the army. We had to move, and we were having a baby. <laughs> yeah. Within just a short span of time, so it was a lot of heavy stress. But fortunately, it was only an hour and a half away from our hometown, um, which was why he chose to um, uh, become airborne in the army, so that he could be stationed at Fort Bragg, which is a big airborne base, so that we would be close to our dads. Because our, our moms had both died, but we had our dads still both in the same town in Goldsboro. And so, by only being an hour and a half away, the dads could, you know, be involved in our babies' lives. So. Right. Yeah, but Sarah was BH's, Ellen's daddy's first grandbaby. Yeah. And that's that's one of the biggest reasons I wanted to be at Fort Bragg mm-hmm. and be a paratrooper. Not that I wanted to be a paratrooper, mm-hmm. but it was just part of the deal to join the Army. Yeah, but yeah, um, BH was would be able to see his grandbaby. Okay, and plus with Katie gone, Ellen's only child, and that would have been he would have been not destitute, but he would have been alone. That would have been hard for him. Yeah. So. so let's talk about your kids. So we have Sarah first, firstborn, followed by Abigail, mm-hmm. Joshua, Caleb. Um, now, having known them for the last, well, starting with Abigail, of course, but then eventually the, the other kids as well, what always strikes me about them is how each of them are so unique. Mm-hmm. Um, they have their strengths and their weaknesses, but they complement each other when they're together. Yes, they do. Not that it's always easy, and I think that's the case for any families where there are multiple Mm-hmm. kids you know um, who grow up together who become adults and they're different in many ways family dynamics can always be hard but what I see in the four of them at least at this point in time is how um, even in their uniqueness they have their strengths and weaknesses which they perfectly complement each other and actually love each other and enjoy each other's company which is not the case for all siblings in today's world but growing up I'm curious to know more about what did you notice in them like in each one of them that was you know just the best thing about them or, or any unique challenges to each of them um, it was like you said about them complimenting each other I never really put it, it in words that way but it's true because um, Sarah was our she was pretty easy as a little baby and toddler. Um, and then Abigail was a uh, much stronger personality and um, a bit more difficult. But they, <laughs> but because of their personalities, they balanced each other out. Yeah. Um, and then with the boys, Joshua was like just very easygoing and just, you know, he, uh, it didn't take much for him to be, you know, just entertained. He was you know, very content. And Caleb that came along, um, he's he was much more 
like active and needing to move and, and all this kind of stuff all the time and as they were growing up um, I forced Joshua to be you know to like get out and move and stuff but then having a little brother who that was just all he lived for they they <laughs> helped each other out and um, so that was that was interesting just uh, seeing them play together and get along and be friends uh, that was something we always stressed at home was for them to enjoy each other's company and be friends and um, so that was that was really sweet to see yeah I think each child prepared us for the next child mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know each child was it escalated a little more as it went along Sarah was 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 loved to read and loved you know loved to dance and loved to play her piano but when Abigail came along we had Abigail and she loved to read and she loved to dance and she loved to play the piano too but I'm saying each one had their had it was at a higher level yeah than the next one and then Joshua came along Abby, Sarah set us up for Abigail and Abigail set us up for Joshua and Joshua set us up for Caleb I just think it was all just a not a smooth transition because a lot of those times I wasn't there I was I was across the pond doing something yeah and uh and I just think that's how Ellen carried carried the load and 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 made that happen. So yeah. Well, I think too because I didn't have any siblings, I had an unrealistic idea that I and I knew it kind of at the time. You know, siblings aren't supposed to get along. They're supposed to argue and fight and all this stuff. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, no, this isn't. That's not the way it's going to be at our house. You guys have to be friends. You have to go along. <laughs> And um, can't force somebody, but you know, it just we tried to have an atmosphere where that was something that could be achieved, and we wanted them to get along and have lifelong friendships with each other. It's possible. Yeah, it was. It was nice. It was actually, it's actually a treat to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, that they that when we when they bury us or we get cremated or whatever happens to us. They still will have each other. Oh, I used to tell them that all the time. It's so awesome. morbid, but I would say, you guys aren't going to have your dad and I forever, you know, but you will have each other long after we're gone, and we want you to um, stay connected in each other's lives and be there for each other and be friends yeah. and be close. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I want for, not just for Amelia and Sadie, any future kids sure, that we sure. may have. Because yes. that's something that, me and Abigail have talked about like having at least four and so far we're on track uh (laughs) so yeah that's something that um you know I really want for them and even at this age you know as we are recording this Amelia just completed her third birthday Mm -hmm. and Sadie turned uh or will be nine months old soon well actually is that gonna be tomorrow it's gonna be tomorrow (laughs) so time's flying by um But they already enjoy each other's company, yeah. you know, at their age, that mm-hmm. very innocent, very naive, almost, love without any reservations, just mm-hmm. loving each other for who they are and just observing them. You know, that's what I really want. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that develops as they grow older. And again, like I said, it's not always going to be smooth. You know, they're kids, they're individuals. Mm -hmm. They're going to have disagreements, fights, whatever. But ultimately, at the end of the day, as long as they remember, 
you know, their sisters mm-hmm. and, you know, have each other's back and any potential future siblings, yes. yeah. you know, that's all I can hope for. Mm-hmm. There'll be a pack of Prabhus. A pack of Prabhus. Uh, <laughs> it's... That's when you, true. When you say it like that, that is. <laughs> We're all saying they'll, they'll they'll love each other. Adore yeah. Each other. Yeah. Now Abigail, obviously, I don't have to say it, but I'll still say it. I mean, I've been in love with with Abigail for a really long time for who she is and all all the amazing things she does. Um, but obviously, I didn't know her when she was a baby or when she was a young kid. What is what are some of the things that stood out for you observing her? Um, just things that you saw in her that you knew just just made her special. Well, each one of them has had a gifting in certain things. And, and Sarah's Sarah would dance, and Abigail participated in the dance. But Abigail could play a piano. She loved to play the piano, and and she loved well. Another thing, Sarah was a um, like to like to prepare meat. And Abigail likes to prepare pastries, which is, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so well. so this, what I'm saying is that, day, yeah. and I'm saying is that what happened is that, that she was, when she put her, when she, when she lined up things, put her mind it to, together on that item, she was going to be a success. Yeah. So that's, all of the children had that capability but Abigail, Abigail is 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 staunch about this is how how we get to where we want to be, and this is the this is the sequence, and this is how we we're going to get there in time. So I don't know where she got that from, but <laughs> I might have an idea. <laughs> well, she was a very strong personality, even as um, a baby and a toddler. Um, she required the most discipline of any of the other children <laughs> she was just very very strong will mm-hmm. which is a great thing um if you you know if you can just work with the child and give them their boundaries and est- establish the boundaries for them follow through with correction and um so she got a lot of she had a lot of correction but but she was that strength has been such a boon to her in all of her life um, she knows her mind and um, she's um, she's passionate about things that she's passionate about and she's a warrior um, spiritually and like just in life you know every day um, so, uh, speaking about that I remember coming home from work and Ellen saying <laughs> I don't, I don't know how many times I had to spank this young girl today. You know what I'm saying? But that's yeah. the whole deal is that we, we we agreed on how we needed to 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 discipline and do things a certain way if they if someone disobeyed and but but she she learned maybe maybe it took her a few seconds longer. But I'm saying but but everything she learned was she kept it. Mm-hmm. She usually mm-hmm. didn't recreate a problem she she just have a new one yeah so what I'm saying is that that's she just learned how she was supposed to do and, and continue on so I think too um, one of the things that was a benefit for all of the children but um, for Abigail the homeschooling mm-hmm. situation we homeschool all of them 
all their lives and or all their school years. And because she um, she had certain really strong interests of hers, and because of that, because of homeschooling, we were able to let her really throw herself at whatever it was, like dance, piano. She spent a lot of time with piano and was really, really good at that. And um, culinary arts was something yeah. she was interested in at an mm-hmm. early age. And even like at age, she 13, I think, um, she, or 14, she wanted to take cake decorating courses. And there was a lady, like an adult cake decorating class at Michael's. And um, we talked to them and they were like, yeah, she can come. And she was the, all the ladies there were like, oh, we love her. And they gave her, like, their cake decorating supplies and let her borrow, her, you know, some of their stuff. And um, she got, Renee's mom was really good at that. She made wedding cakes and things like that. And so <clears throat> his dad gave Abigail his mom's little, like, suitcase thing that had all her cake decorating supplies in it and everything. So that was really sweet. She got to use her grandma's stuff. But um, that's just one one thing she was really passionate about and made you know wanted to be excellent at, and so she wanted to pursue you know how to do it, get extra instruction, and um, and then that kind of she also had a passion for ministry, <clears throat> um, orphanages. I think believe you met her in India when she went. Oh, yeah. to, she went to Bhutan at age thirteen, um, yeah. which was really young. That was another thing that was very unusual. Um, she went on a missions trip with adults and um, became really good friends with some of these adults um, at that very young age. Um, but she she wanted to be able to help to be able to minister, and also with. Um, uh, rescued trafficked girls yes um she was a bit older when she went on that trip actually she and sarah went together um on that trip but she's she's just got a big heart um some people would think she was just kind of brusque i guess but she's um she's got a big heart and feels deeply about things um the south people call it groany yeah she acts groany she's very compassionate um, but she just always was, was like that growing up, just kind of mm, an old soul. Oh, yeah. Wise Absolutely. By, wise beyond her years yeah. and all of that. So, and that's all of that started at a young age. Yeah. When, you know, when you, when you mention all of those things, it, it's just so striking that she's still the same. Yes. <laughs> you know, she's just older. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what you said, she's been consistent throughout her life. Mm-hmm. And in fact, now she's matured into this really smart person. Yes, she is. Um, yes, she is. And I don't know how much she's going to enjoy me talking about this, but you know, like even like when you say like sometimes she can come across as brusque, and uh, and I think that exterior which she puts up it's a good defense to protect herself, to protect her family. But then she's also very soft. When mm-hmm. she decides to love you, like she's all in, and I know that, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like my, my our kids know that, and I look at Amelia and I see a lot of Abigail mm-hmm. in her, yeah. and I, I've told her multiple times she is a mini 
Abigail. She is. <laughs> she has all of those characteristics, which over time, with some refinement, yeah. <laughs> yes. with some learning and some growth, she's going to be the best version of herself. And I'm so excited to see that. Now, obviously, we met, uh, and we've talked about this on other um, episodes as well, about how we met, when we met, uh, and it was a mission trip in India in 2011. But you kind of mentioned something about how she'd been on so many mission trips Mm -hmm. at such a young age. Mm -hmm. You know, like you mentioned, she'd been to Bhutan. She'd been on mission trips since the age of 13. As parents, how hard or how how easy or how hard was it you know when your daughter so young is expressing her desire or willingness to travel to all these countries these are not she's not going on like some vacations or Mm -hmm. you know like most teenagers would want to go to europe you know but she she's like i want to go on a mission trip like Mm -hmm. as a parent was it easy to encourage that or was there a part of you which was like uh, maybe just wait a few years till you're older mm-hmm. was there any of that uh, to me it was mm-hmm. we i required to do a, a area study before they went and yeah the area study lets them know what the government is where how everything works there where the, where the where the u.s embassies are located at and so forth and so on it was it was more to help them understand this is where i am in the world not just I'm in, I'm in this blob that they understand everything around them. So if if they had to get away, they knew how to get away. Yeah. So that that gave me peace, a little bit of peace. But each one of the children have they have that door of no fear. I just I just need to go and do and and see what's out there and and I'll deal with the consequences, not in a wrong way. But I, I will chase after that situation just, just so I can know what's out on the other side of that thing, and that's why I think. I guess they they lose their fear in, in certain places. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with having fear, but it's what you do with it. Yeah, what you do while you're afraid it makes you different. Also, in our church, the culture was um, missions. Yeah, prayer and missions were like main focus of our church and um, so there were opportunities that so many many children growing up never Mm -hmm. had um, to be able to afford because the church would help you know cover the cost but to be able to afford to go on these trips um, and also we knew the people that our children were going with on these trips like with Abigail the little tiny young thing going with these wonderful adults, it's yeah. kind of a small trip. Some powerful adults. Yeah. yeah. To Bhutan, where they couldn't like speak the gospel. They were just um, they were there to meet with underground church people and to pray, um, to serve, go to yeah. certain sites and pray. And um, I don't. I think, of course, that helps you be um, at peace and not be uneasy. Really, I don't know. I used to think there was something weird about me because these other moms would be weeping about their daughters leaving to go to wherever Sarah went to Romania, one of the places that she went. And I was like, I, did, I just tried to muster up that, and I was like, I'm so excited for them. <laughs> go, girl. Have a great time. Yeah. You know, do what God has for you to do there. I was so excited for them to get have opportunity and go and minister to you know, whoever they were going to be seeing there and just 
broaden and expand their lives that way. And so I never really worried. Um, and we were able to, you know, communicate with them. Um, we'd get emails and calls and stuff while they would be going places. But I trusted the people they were with because we knew them really well. And it was professionally done um, as far as the people who were leading the trips. And it was very well planned out and organized. And um, so that was, you know, that helps you to, as a parent to be um, confident about them going forward like that. Yeah, I think even the people that were going on these trips with the children, uh, God orchestrated all that. Yeah. So that they could be the ones to go on this trip. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, Abigail has lifelong friends with some of yeah. these people that yeah. are our age. Yeah. You know, but, but I'm saying she's got the friendships know, with them. When they went, they went with a group of people that were that were just incredible. Yeah. And people that we knew and trusted quite a bit, so it wasn't. It wasn't. It was an adventure mm-hmm. for them to go see something. Um, well, to go see something incredible. Yeah. That they they will they, they what they saw then they'll never see again in their life, which is really. Well, it opens your eyes to, um, especially at a young age like that, when you're really taking everything in and more impressionable. Um, you, your worldview is so much different. Absolutely. Um, and you yeah. see the way people live in other places and you realize how very fortunate and blessed you are. Yeah. And um, you don't take things for granted. Um, so, you know, and that's something that we would see when they'd come back from trips. But, I mean, I think it really, um, because of Abigail's love for children and babies and um, that was something too when she was really young there were there would be pregnant ladies um, who would ask me to ask Sarah and Abigail to pray for them mm. um, because they felt like they had just a real heart to minister in that way um, and so Abigail really I think it it was kind of hard on her heart a little bit when you go to places like that and you see little children that you know are in such a harder situation. Um, but it also it gave her an opportunity to minister and to really just right have things prioritized in her mind um, about her life and about just life in general in the world. So um, it was. I'm glad that they got to have the adventure and see places, you know, most people their age wouldn't get to see or experience, but also just to be able to um, enlarge their worldview and help mm-hmm. them have more understanding about what life is like yeah. in other places. You talked about how at a young age, you know, those young minds, rather than people telling them about how life is in other countries or how mm-hmm. God works in other countries... Uh, they get to see it themselves. Right. They yeah, firsthand. They get to witness it firsthand and even be instruments. Yes. For God. Yeah, exactly. Um, and in the process, it'd be life changing for them, mm-hmm. which brings me to me. <laughs> <laughs> you brought some change. Yes, yeah, you brought a whole lot of change. So let's talk about that. Now, we've been happily married for six years and counting. So, uh, I'm very curious to hear your honest 
you know, impressions of me. I won't feel bad if it's not all positive. It's okay. But, you know, so she, she's been on all these mission trips. And then this one time she's back from a mission trip. And then suddenly you see a mug with a picture. <laughs> Who is that boy? Yeah. <laughs> of Abigail. And Who this... is this boy? Excuse me. <laughs> Of uh, Abigail and this random Indian kid on this coffee mug. So how, yeah, what are your initial impressions of me when you first heard about me? Let's, let's go back a little about before we, she even got on that trip. Okay. She was, she, there was a church, Narrow Roads, up in Pennsylvania mm-hmm. that you guys had tracked with. Yeah. And Narrow Roads had two girls going on their trip to India. Mm-hmm. And one of them felt, one of them didn't make it and Daniel and Rachel Perea um, they were they were trying to find another girl to go and they said we know the exact girl to go and her name is Abigail Boyle and she you know for her a young lady that nobody else in the group knew to come in and mesh with that group to come to India yeah. and uh, meet that boy <laughs> <laughs> Is a, it's a, that's just a real short version of that part of the story, but yeah. you know how God orchestrated that whole situation that a young girl in North Carolina will be invited by a church in Pennsylvania to go to a foreign country in, called India. Yeah, um, and uh, and now we're 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 at Benny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is going further back, and um, I don't know. I looked at the bag and I was like. You know, looks like a nice guy. And, um, I mean, I didn't feel, I didn't have anything negative to no negative. say. I didn't really have any negative feelings toward you. Um, I thought it was interesting how you guys maintained a long distance Skype relationship. Yes. So yeah, it was incredible. Well. That was yeah. really well done. And, um, I, I thought this must be, you know, they're really putting forth a lot of time and effort mm-hmm. and um, working at getting to know each other because, you know, you were so far, you were in Pittsburgh and we were in North Carolina, so this was a long-distance relationship, which usually they're hard and they don't turn out well, but you guys really invested a lot of um, time getting to know each other and, like, really, I felt like you were asking important questions and just really doing your best to get to know each other much deeper level it wasn't a superficial thing and um yeah there's the picture of them. um but I think I held that cup mug up to Abigail and said who is this boy yeah and 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 to me just looking at Abigail that's a happy face that's a happy girl yeah, and for people who are listening, I probably should explain further that after the mission trip, after we had returned to the U.S. from India, so Abigail went back to North Carolina, I went back to Pennsylvania, and I sent her a gift, which was this customized coffee mug with a picture of me and Abigail uh, on you know one of the days that the mission trip. So it's just us sharing like earphones I don't even remember what we were listening to but we were sharing <laughs> these earphones so I put that picture along with a few others actually I remember there were like mm-hmm. smaller pictures mm-hmm. too um, to this day we still have it we still have it here yeah. um, 
so yes that's what we were talking about when that we were was. talking about the smug yeah um i i thought um you seemed maybe a little bit intimidated by us, um, but that you, I, I admired your courage in coming and uh, yeah. So let to me yeah to give some context to that as well. So I was with my friend Arvind um, in Florida. We were doing like a rotation down there, and we had a few extra days. And so previously, like probably a few weeks before that, uh, Pastor Kevin, who was part of the team that came yeah. to India, which Abigail was part of. Um, I remember him asking me if I ever spoke to Abigail's parents, you know, and asked their permission. Um, and I was like, it's not like I've I'm decided or thought about, like, I want to marry her yet. It's still um, early stages. And he was like, no, it's important that you need to speak to her parents, that they're aware of it. And get their permission and their blessing um, even before you get to any stage down the road and so that I took that as an opportunity those few days extra days that I had um, so me and Arvind we drove from Florida to North Carolina I think it was a 10 hour drive and so that was the first time that I was visiting Fayetteville I was visiting uh, you and seeing you know meeting all the other siblings as well and it's interesting that you mentioned that I probably looked a little intimidated because I was of course <laughs> I was it's a hard situation because one of the first things I think I saw when I entered the house was like uh, was there like a rifle or a gun that you used to spray? Oh, no. <laughs> and I used it and I remember joking with uh, Arvin like hey if the outcome of this trip doesn't go well <laughs> you're responsible for taking my body to my parents <laughs> So, um, oh my gosh. but so I remember that because I had the best time just getting to know you, getting to know the the kids, and it was towards the end of that trip. I actually remember in the backyard we were. I actually told you, and you didn't seem surprised at all. It seemed like more you were just waiting mm-hmm. for me to actually say. Yeah, I wasn't going to give you a clue. I was going to let you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Sweated out. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, I remember that very well, and I was extremely pleased that you welcomed me into the family at that point in time, because uh, by that time I, I knew that I really loved Abigail, and it was important for me to be accepted by her parents, mm-hmm. and also by her siblings. So, yeah, I remember that very well. One thing that yeah. I remember, Benny, bless your heart. <laughs> That's when you came on vacation with us to Bear Lake. Uh-huh. And first, I mean, you, you flew there. Abigail went to Asheville, picked you up from the airport, and brought you out into the deep woods mountains. And um, Not your territory. Right. Oh, not at all. And this, Never done anything was, like that. Oh, I know. And I remember... You got on a paddleboard. I would never. I finally got on a paddleboard a couple of years ago, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. But like all our children were out there doing handstands on paddleboards, and not <laughs> Abigail, but just out there doing all of this. And you got on a paddleboard, and I was like, "Bless his heart, that's so hard to do." And not like you'd ever done that before, I guess. And then we were kayaking, and I was like, come on, Benny, you can do it. I do it, so that means anybody can do it. And you got in a kayak, and you kayaked all around, and you were doing so great. 
And then we went on like this killer, killer hike up to a waterfall with like five inch wide trails that were slippery and you had on flip flops and they didn't <laughs> die. I was just like, please God, don't let him slide down this mountain. Mm. But that was that's a really brutal hike. And yeah. and you did all of that stuff and got on a boat and you were like being pulled behind the boat on the he thingy. Was on a raft. On the raft. On you the were doing all of this boat. stuff yeah. and I was yeah. like, he loves her so much. Yeah. That's what kept me going through the whole thing. Love. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. but at the end of that trail, it was worth the waterfall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember that. So, Like even the paddle board, actually, I actually remember Joshua trying to teach me mm-hmm. to balance myself mm-hmm. and all I did was keep falling and someone took a picture of me mid-fall <laughs> I was actually showing I still have that picture and Damn. I was showing that to Amelia the um, the other day and she was like Papa why are you dancing <laughs> and I'm like uh, I guess it looks like I'm dancing but yeah. <laughs> no, that was failing miserably at balancing on this no what I'm saying but uh, everybody looked at it as hey he's, he's stepping up into, yeah. into everything he, he wants to try and, and not afraid to try and yeah. willing to step up into, into stuff he he's uncomfortable with and whatever thing like that, and but, and you yeah. succeeded. Yeah, that spoke yeah. to your courage. I thought yeah. not only devotion to Abigail, but just guts to get out there and do something. I also um, want to say that I thought you were like getting to know you and meeting you and everything. I thought you were just so well mannered, well spoken, mm-hmm. and I could just see that you really loved the Lord and you were. Um, a godly young man, yes. and that was what we've always prayed for, you know, for our children, godly young people to, you know, come alongside them. And so that was that was my probably my first impression of you was yeah. all those good things. So. Yeah, it's been an eventful journey since then because you know obviously we kept at it, like you mentioned, it was a long distance relationship. Yeah. We uh, for a period of five years. Uh, we, me and Abigail, we saw each other three times a year and for like weekends at a time. Mm-hmm. So when we eventually got married in 2017, the first week or the first couple of weeks that we were married was the longest we'd been together since we first met in India mm-hmm. in 2011. So the first year of our marriage was just really reacquainting ourselves yeah. with each other mm-hmm. because we felt like roommates for the longest time yeah. in the first year of our marriage it, it didn't feel like we were husband and wife it, it took a while but I think that whole time that we had that long distance relationship where we had to work on our relationship through you know Skype calls phone calls uh, texts that helped us and I always tell people, you know, that really planted the roots for our relationship now mm-hmm. and that's sustaining us um, in our marriage as well because we're constantly learning from each other. We're learning about each other and, and I think, and I hope others can see it too, that we complement each other now. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do. Just as the kids, the siblings complement each other. Like now we've reached a place where me and Abigail... Our strengths and our weaknesses complement each other very mm-hmm. well. So, I definitely see that. Well, I don't want to end this without asking you um, if you want to share anything 
with Sadie and even Amelia, I'm sure she will listen to this as well. Um, it can be anything. It can be something like a story. It can be a piece of advice, whatever you want to share with the kids when they grow up and listen to this. Okay. Maybe we do have a bit, um, Jeremiah 29, 11, which I didn't write it down, but I believe it's, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Yes. Plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you a future and hope. That probably is paraphrased, but, um. That's the verse that Sadie is dedicated under as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. No, I'm sorry, Amelia is dedicated under Okay. <laughs> But, um, I'll just let me just read what I wrote. Yeah. Um, and this is this is kind of for both of the girls. I gotta say though, Sadie is just the sweetest personality. <laughs> She's just just a little bubble of cuteness and cheerfulness, and she's just got the smile ready, even when she's upset. If yeah. You smile at her; her face just lights up, and she's just such a cheerful dear little thing um and it's fun getting to watch her group and getting to know her and have some time with her um but we love you we're thankful you're here and we look forward to watching you as you grow amelia made us grandparents starting us on that yes she did journey our first grandbaby yes Mm -hmm. you both have a legacy of parents and grandparents who love god and want to live for him You are beautiful, unique, and exactly who you are supposed to be as God made you. You have your own wonderful personalities and gifts to share with our world. You're strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And I'm so thankful I got to be with you both as newborn babies um, and get to stay. Your mom and dad were gracious and were um, kind to let me stay with them for the first week or two after you guys were born and I got to have so much time with you just to sit and hold you because when you're newborns you just sleep a lot and um, and with Amelia I remember um, wasn't it she was like two days old and you guys had to do uh, about a three hours long thing getting a new apartment secured because you were having when she was two days old yeah and um, during that time and with Sadie too just holding her while she's sleeping and just um, being able to pray over them, um, praying for their future, you know, their lives and um, their salvation and walk with God and all of that as they grow. Um, I really was thankful to get to have that time for them. Um, and my little thing that I say, have told them both all their little lives is you're strong and brave and brave and strong. And, um, and they are. Um, and I would say follow God, listen to his voice and your parents' wisdom and pursue your passions wholeheartedly. Um, we love you with all our hearts and you bring immeasurable joy to us. And I could probably go on and on because I love them so much. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just I just they just uh lighten the room enlighten the room when they when they get in. Yeah. Each one of them. And and Amelia is is just like Ellen was saying, is our first grandbaby. And uh, Sadia is our third. So I just think they are just sweet beyond words. I just, I just, well, I, I, I'm, I get along well with old people, dogs, and children. So <laughs> it's my peers I have a problem with. So, but, but I'm saying is that they just, they just bring out stuff in me that I don't 
allowed to be seen very often. And I'm thankful for it. Beautifully said. And I don't think there's anything else I would want to add or comment on it because I want them to hear it, receive it, process it all for themselves. So thank you. Just, just thank you. Thank you for being great parents. Thank you for being great grandparents. And uh, I really look forward to seeing them grow and just getting all of the wisdom and you know, training and guidance from all of us. And mm-hmm. like you said, you know, as as we walk under the Lord, I think he gives us a wisdom to bring them up and to train them up. So yeah. I'll just end with that. So thank you for thank you for doing this. And thank you for thank you. It's an leaving honor. something. It is an honor. Yeah. We love you babies. We love you too. We love you guys too. <laughs> God bless you. And that's a wrap for this episode. To Sadie and Amelia, you're blessed to have the grandparents you do. Next time, I'm going to be speaking with a friend who knows a thing or two about having a multiracial identity. Till then, thanks for listening. And dear Sadie, Appa loves you. Thank you.